Hi, I'm Kara, and I'm a member of the Fade to Gray Patreon. I'd like to talk to you about an easy and affordable way to get your finances in order. Ryan from BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com can help you set up a budget, learn how to invest your money, and even help you understand retirement. And they don't just work with the individual, they work with businesses and nonprofits as well. What's awesome is they won't ever cold call you or spam your email. You tell them your needs, hopes, and dreams, and they'll provide you with their best options at your convenience. Listeners of Fade to Gray can call 413-977-9967 and ask for Brian. Or you can email him directly at brian at bfs-team.com and mention the podcast to receive a free consultation. That's hundreds of dollars in value. Services are available where licensed. Look, you have no excuse not to get your finances in order. Visit BoundlessFinancialSolutions.com and let them remove your financial fears. Ladies and idiots. This is the Fade to Gray podcast. Everything will be aces. Let's get faded, guys. Hell yeah. He has many, and I mean many, leather-bound books on shelves made of rich mahogany. Now you've heard of gay conversion therapy. Well, this is gray conversion therapy. I think you're going to like it. I'm not braver than you. I'm just drunker than you. And you're fabulous. You deserve to be called you're fabulous. What do you think about the podcast? It sucks. Nice. Well, welcome to another episode of Fade to Gray. This is Seth, and today I want to introduce you to my cousin, Jacob. Seth, Seth, I'm so excited that you got Tim Lambesis on the podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Lambesis. <laughs> I, I take that as a compliment. As you guys know, with Fade to Gray, we have a Marco Polo group. And in our Marco Polo group, someone brought up the word CrossFit. And I immediately thought of my cousin, Jacob. And so we're bringing him on today uh, to talk about his story, uh, kind of hear how he got to where he is now, and uh, what a little bit more about CrossFit and the big question, is it a cult? To get started, how are you doing today, Jacob? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So partly, we just want to get your story. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and kind of how you got to where you are now? Well, I mean, you had to get int- introduced to the cult somehow. So I imagine you started out in a regular church. So <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was raised in the church. Um, definitely uh, went to the church with my family every Sunday and for, you know, the entire time I lived at home um, and uh, quickly put a stop to that when I went to college. Well, hold up here. Why is that? What, why did you put it to a stop in college? Uh, just, I didn't care for it. <laughs> yeah. What didn't you like? Um, it none of it makes sense to me. I think part of us could agree with that. Yeah, and you know, I, I um, I've, I've thought about this a lot. Obviously, um, I've just never, I've never felt it. Um, whatever it is that you feel, you know, when you, I've never done, I've never done the thing where you hold up your hands in church because I've never felt anything. Um, and you know, you guys are the same as me. Like everybody goes, everybody's an atheist for every religion in the world except one, theirs, right? You know, I just go one religion further. So um, I try not to dwell on it too much and, and talk about it because I know it offends people because most people seem to be religious. That's a very interesting concept to be an atheist to every religion except your own. I've never even thought about it that way, but that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, it's, <laughs> it kind of puts it into perspective a little bit, like the kind of the indoctrination of, of everyone. Like it's, it seems obvious to me, like, oh, like you're just as sure that Jesus is God as, you know, Muhammad is that Muhammad is God, you know. I'm going to make sure to bleep out those Muhammads when we uh, go into editing. Apologize about yeah, that. Yeah, Prince of the Holy One. We just want to draw this picture. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, no visuals. 
You're just bashing everybody's gods, basically, you know, making friends. Well, you know, I am your cousin, so we grew up together. And I, uh, you know, that's what I want to know about what it was like growing up with Seth. Well, yeah. he's a much better looking version of Seth, is what's happening here. It's Seth with hair. Yeah. Notice why I'm wearing a beanie, right? And muscles. Yeah, I wonder why that is. And tattoos. And those tats, yes, yeah, sleeves. Yeah. You can get, I mean, you could do it, Seth. A couple lifestyle changes, a couple, a few thousand dollars in tattoos. Okay, well, a couple of episodes ago, he talked about going to the gym, uh-huh. and he asked people to keep him accountable, and he has not been once to the gym. You should get that okay. app that charges you when you don't go to the gym. Have you heard of this? No. No, what is, is that? Is it like a, you know, a smartphone app, and it charges you every day that you say you're going to go to the gym, and you don't. <laughs> so it'll like take a dollar out of your account every time you it don't. It sounds like most people's gym memberships, though. They just pay and don't go <laughs> anyway. <so. laughs> Brilliant. I have good reasons, and I talk about this in my mental episode, mental segment coming up, but I have an ulcer. Actually, I have several. It's good reason. And so... Claiming medical... I'm just I... trying to get to eat every day, you know? Uh, so the gym has been put on hold due to health concerns. So we'll, we'll get to it eventually. Well, have you heard of CrossFit? I mean, I think you can eat and can we, do CrossFit. Well, I... Like I have already put forth, I think it's a cult. So we're going to throw that out now. Um, But we're talking about your college experience. And you kind of left the faith when you went into college. Right, right. right. Which is understandable. I mean, we grew up together. I was very involved in the church. Mm -hmm. I was, you know. I was lifting those hands. I was trying so right, hard. Right, right. Which is always like kind of blown me away. That like because I think you were one of the ones who like most gravitated to the um, religious part of yeah. our of our family and our upbringing. Um, which is but, just so sad because Jacob, there was only one reason I was doing that, and that was <laughs> to try to get God to make me straight, and it just <laughs> didn't happen. I mean, I even got my parents to spend ten thousand dollars. On an alcohol rehab facility that believed if God could heal the alcoholic, he could heal the homosexual. I mean, yeah. I tried everything. Yeah. So I may have been pr- producing some of those emotions, mm-hmm. you know? I right. Yeah. You feel what you want to feel. Yeah. Right. So anyways. And then yeah. you've always been really involved in music, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I played, um, so played guitar a little bit in high school and then after dropped out freshman year of college, um, played in a. Uh, punk band for I don't know four or five years after that after that band broke when you up. say punk when you say punk are you are we talking like pop punk like yeah. uh, green day yeah. type like shit or are we talking like uh okay all right yeah cool yeah. and so and you mentioned that you knew who as I lay dying was earlier so I'm guessing you were into like underground metal and stuff like that too at one point oh for sure yeah I listen to all let's talk about stuff, music but I love I love let's talk about music you know what's funny is like some of my favorite heavy metal bands are the Christian bands like I love Christian heavy metal bands, um, for whatever really for whatever reason. Like they, I don't know. They just do it for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I bought tickets to As I Lay Dying. They're coming to town in a couple months, and I was like, click. I'm the first first guy on there. Like the day they went on sale. I don't know. It's weird. Would you say that you're a big As I Lay Dying fan, or are you just kind of like that's a band you really enjoy, so you need to go watch them? Yeah. I mean, I would see them anytime they came to town. I think. Yeah. I would say I'm a pretty big fan. And now you are specifically of Tim Lambesis because he's also on steroids. Yeah, no, like what a what a character, man. That guy is like, that's insane. That whole story. And I can't believe that they took him back. I can't believe he's back in the band. Like, I can't believe he's back in the public eye. But man, they released a new nuts. song and it's really good. Um, I don't know. It's weird. 
So what about you and music? Tell us more about your playing music and stuff. Yeah. So I played, uh, like I said, for a few years. And then um, after my band broke up, I got a couple gigs working as a guitar tech for some touring bands. Um, so I spent a couple years on the road, uh, just setting up shows every single night. And it was fun for a while. A lot of partying, a lot of crazy shit. And then um, kind of got, I realized that I could stay in that field and make money. Um, and I would probably die 20 years earlier than I would if I um, didn't quit. And so I was like, you know what, I, I do need to finish a degree. So I um, decided to quit that and uh, come back home and finish school and uh, finish my bachelor's and master's. And really musically now I just kind of tinker like I don't, um, I don't play seriously anymore. So what are the, I guess, like what, what did you major in? What was your major in college? Yeah. So I, um, I started out as an outdoor recreation major. So when I went back to school, I was into like climbing and camping and all this stuff. Um, and I ended Is that up something you were going to teach to people. Or yeah. Like, I thought it could uh, be like an outdoor facilitate. guide or something like that. Okay. Um, gotcha. So did that for a couple of years, hated it, uh, switched to a, a health and wellness emphasis in the same college um, it was the same degree, just with a different emphasis. It was a recreation degree, actually, with a health and wellness emphasis. Um, and so finished that and was doing an internship in undergrad. And the, the nonprofit that I work for now was writing a grant. Um, and we, got, we received that grant that paid for a couple of graduate assistant positions. And so I was offered one of those positions, took that, and graduated um, last spring with my master's in health promotion and wellness management. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. So you dropped out of church as soon as you got to college, mm -hmm. and then you dropped out of college as soon as you got to college. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I stayed in for like, uh, you know, two semesters. Um, I don't think I don't think they're related. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. I was just saying, but just knew it wasn't for you. Like, right. As soon as you got there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I got there, I was like, man, I, I can't do this right now. I was like, I have to go do like an, an adventure, you know. And I'm still that way. Like every couple of years, I like to quit everything. And like after I finished my bachelor's, I quit all of my jobs and everything and went and uh, just hiked through Europe for, you know, a month and a half. And, um, you know, I just, I like adventures. Like the one, the one yeah. that I have planned right now is I want to do, I want to go hike the Appalachian Trail. So if, you know, when my job, my job is grant funded. So if funding runs out and isn't there anymore in two years, I'm going to go drop everything and hike the Appalachian Trail. So, so what cool. parts of Europe did you go through? Um, I did eight countries. I did um, Ireland, Spain, Belgium, Germany, Italy, Croatia, Norway. So what do you do now? Something related to what you studied or something completely different? Yeah. So the health and wellness um, major is weird because it's so broad. Um, it's not necessarily, uh, you're not a practitioner, but you're a health and wellness professional. And so we, that encompasses everything from, you know, physical and mental health to economic and social health. And so, uh, the, the organization that I work for, like I said earlier, we work with low income families, uh, specifically to kind of fill that gap where, um, well, a, a lot of gaps, whether it's, um, getting them you know, support for, um, childcare or, or, or jobs or education or whatever. Um, there's a whole, you know, a whole slew of things that we look at my job specifically we we enroll these families for a two-year period so it's kind of a unique program in that regard and <clears throat> my job is to go to their I run what is called a healthy homes program so I go into their home and we do um, like an assessment and we look at you know what's 
what's happening in the home that might affect an asthmatic child or what's happening in the home that might be affecting your mental health or what's causing you to have bed bugs or roaches or whatever. So you work with these, these low income families. Are you going in there and seeing like that the kids are, are surviving on a diet of Takis and grape soda? <laughs> oh, I mean, absolutely. Like- absolutely. I mean, kids are addicted to sugar before they can speak. Um, they're, yeah. they're drinking, you know, 20 ounce Dr. Peppers and, and eating, uh, you know, gummy bears for lunch or hot dogs and gummy bears, you know, it's like, yeah, it's bad. Um, the, the early childhood, childhood education and habit forming type stuff that goes on in the home is just terrible. You mean we don't have great parents in America that know what to do with their children? <sighs> Afraid not. In my opinion, we have a birth control problem. Like, yeah, we do. I just, <laughs> you like, thank uh, God for that New York abortion thing, right? Yeah. What's going on with that? Like, I don't <laughs> I feel like all you hear anymore is like just the extremes of everything and like the far outliers. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Like we had a, so for instance, I don't like, I can't, I'm not going to like specify who this would be, but like a, a person that we work with has a relative who um, got his girlfriend pregnant and she came in the other day and was like, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to be an aunt. And I was like, that person should not be reproducing. That person <laughs> should not have the right to reproduce. Um, and no, I don't think anyone would disagree with me outside of that bloodline. Um, and it's sad. It's just like, it's great, nice, you're having a kid, cool, but like that kid doesn't have a fucking chance. Well, one of the things I was interested in is kind of looking at the trajectory of your, of your life and the fact that like when the whole playing with matches thing, you know, it's kind of like an undisciplined lifestyle in a way. Mm. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Well, you in are some, very, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, in some ways, like obviously like um, physically it was un- undisciplined, but we practiced a lot. Like I would practice my songs a lot and we would, you know, work at the band like it was a job. And so it, I don't put the, I didn't put the same effort into it that I do into things now, but it was not like a total slacker thing. But I mean, yeah, you're not, you're not that far off. I mean, I wasn't trying, not like in a judgmental way, just kind of been no, looking no. at the grand scheme to where you are now, which seems very disciplined, very on point, Mm -hmm. uh, both in exercise, but then also in what you're doing with your careers. We were just talking about helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just interested, what, what led to that change? That is a good question. So one of the things that I'll accredit it to is just um, having good role models and good people around me. Like I have a couple of really good friends who are just like stand up people um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who has like four quarters, you know, um, as opposed to a hundred pennies. Say a couple of good cousins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I have like two good friends and my brothers are both really, you know, successful, um, just driven people and <laughs> have their shit together. And so like, I don't know, I'm just not, not like inspired by those people, but, um, they set a good example for me, I think. And, um, the other thing that I, practice almost like um a religion is um like journaling and reading about stoicism so i don't know how familiar you guys are with stoicism but um i have like a no what is it so the stoics you've heard of um like uh, seneca and epictetus and marcus aurelius um they're philo- ancient philosophers um, oh yeah i've heard of all of those guys sure <laughs> you've heard more than you socrates you heard of socrates of yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Socrates. Socrates, right. 
So stoicism <laughs> is predicated My on... My 10-year-old daughter probably knows all of those. She's really into that right now, <laughs> honestly. She's studying all that. Yeah, I, it's predicated on like, there's three pillars of stoicism. I won't go into the whole thing, but it's a lot of it is um, self-control and controlling your emotions and your, um, your reaction to things and what you can control. Um, being Having an awareness of what you can control and what you can't and um, you know, tailoring your emotions to those things. So, okay. I, I really like that idea of stoicism then. I think that's a, a really good thing that most people need to learn how to practice. Cause I think with the culture we have of, you know, everyone's triggered and everyone's shocked about things. It's like you could use some stoicism uh, and learn how to react or learn how not to react because it's none of your business. And it's not that big of a deal. Exactly. Like every time you get yeah. on Twitter, you get on there and you get pissed off about stuff you can't control. Well, what good does exactly. that do you? Like, yeah, you need to realize that you can't control it. You can read it if you want, if you can read it and understand that you can't control <laughs> it and be okay with that and not get upset. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to read into that because I really like that idea, that philosophy. I think that's good. Yeah, man. I'll show you a book. I'm just saying our culture isn't a big fan of that. Yeah, definitely not. This is a book. The I Daily Stoic. So it's like, um, it's like a devotional. There's like 365 of them. And, um, I read one and journal every day and I've been, this is my third year going through that book and journaling on it every day. So, but yeah, that's, I think that's kind of sums up how I got to um, being disciplined. Some of it started with CrossFit too. Like I was a little bit undisciplined it, when I first started doing it, I was still kind of like kind of drank a lot and kind of smoked a little bit still. And I was like, I realized that a certain, there was a point where I was like, man, I can keep doing this. CrossFit, I really like, I can keep doing this and get better at it, or I can keep struggling at it and keep doing what I'm doing and, um, being around surrounding myself with healthy people and people who were also, here's another thing about CrossFit. When you go to a CrossFit gym, it's lawyers, it's doctors, it's college professors. It's like driven, disciplined people. So surrounding yourself with those people, you start to emulate those behaviors. So what initially got you into CrossFit? How did you get into that? So one of the friends that I was mentioning earlier, who's a really good influence on me, is just like this gym opened up and he said, hey, do you want to go try this? And I was like, we had one other gym, in, one other CrossFit gym in Springfield that was opened by uh, Grant Wistrom, who was an NFL football player for several years. Um, and that's all I knew about CrossFit. And so they had opened this other gym and my friend Joe says, Hey, you want to go try this out? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's only for like former NFL players, dude. And he's like, no, man, <laughs> let's go try it out. I'm like, all right. So first class we were hooked and it's, that was, um, summer 2012. So seven years ago. So for people who are unfamiliar with CrossFit and what it is like, so what's the difference between going to a regular gym and then going to a CrossFit gym? What are some of the exercises you'll be doing if you go to CrossFit? Yeah. So one of the main differences, it's a group class um, format. And so you can get that other places. Um, but we do, um, so basically we have three different modes of exercise. So we have um, weightlifting. So we do um, normal strength weightlifting. We do Olympic style weightlifting. Um, you have gymnastics. So we do, you know, everything from push-ups and pull-ups to higher level stuff like ring muscle-ups and, and stuff like that. And then you have monostructural activities. So that's biking, running, rowing. And so CrossFit takes all of that and mixes it all up. Um, so with, with the, uh, 
with the, the purpose of creating a, a well-rounded athlete. So you're not strength biased. You're not cardio biased. Um, you're someone who is, they call it general physical preparedness. So you would be prepared if you were like getting mugged, you could run away from the guy, you could jump over the fence or you could like tackle him or whatever. I don't know. We don't do martial arts, but, um, you but know. you guys do parkour. <laughs> Jumping over fences and yeah, stuff. Yeah, all the time. Just actually, just it's funny. You do see heavy rocks and run with them. You do see fences <laughs> in competitions sometimes, or um, like big walls. A friend of mine uh, injured her knee at a competition. Like it was, you had to jump over the wall and do stuff, and then jump back over the wall and do stuff, and then jump back over. Well, that, people are going to have to get used to that because there's going to be a wall built pretty soon down there at the southern border. <laughs> Amen. 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 Have to get yeah. some, uh, that CrossFit wall. going on. <laughs> Make America great again. We better hope we better hope Mexicans aren't doing CrossFit. <laughs> maybe or able to build. Okay. Maybe that maybe that's why everybody <laughs> right. here is going to CrossFit. Or build ladders. <laughs> what about the CrossFit gym draws so many people to uh, to almost have like a religious experience with it? What is it about it that that creates that dynamic? I think that it is the only the only exercise program or methodology out there where you get to go as hard as you possibly can and get sweaty and take your shirt off and yell and throw shit. And that's therapy for people. I mean, when's I can watch a Richard Simmons video and get that though. <laughs> the last time they saw Richard Simmons before he went missing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, la the last time that most people exerted themselves to near a hundred percent was a high school sport that they played if they played organized sports. And uh, that's what did it for me is just that's, you know, you're suffering, suffer through a workout and you get done and you're laying there in a puddle of your own sweat and you go, fuck yeah, that felt good. Um, it yeah. just feels good, man. I think, I think that's it. There's also a huge social aspect. So a lot of people who don't have, like if I, I don't have church. And so that's my group of people. I go and see yeah. them and I walk in, I know everybody's name and we slap high five and we work out and we sweat and we do this ritual together a lot like a church. Um, sure. And, and, and that's, and I get to do it every day. And so is there meditation involved? Not at my gym. I maybe some places. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking, I was thinking like, I know there are some gyms where they're like led by religious people and they have, prayers and stuff. And it's like, eh, <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So some CrossFit gyms are, are basically religiously led. You, the, I would say the, the affiliate owners, each CrossFit gym is an affiliate. So their business model is such that, uh, you could open a CrossFit gym tomorrow. If you had one certification and $5,000. Interesting. That's all it takes. And you could run it any way you want it. Uh, that's the only way that you can use the CrossFit name actually. So if you use the name CrossFit without their permission or their licensure, they will sue the shit out of you. Um, but yeah, so you can open a gym and you can run it however you want. Uh, there's no oversight at all. I think most of the gyms that I've heard about have a religious affiliation. So maybe that's why I thought there was more involvement with the church. I thought there was too. And I was too. surprised that you had When I first either. started, so yeah. the, the gym that I go to is run by a couple who is quite, quite churchy. And there's been times where I was like, like when I first started, I was like, is this like all churchy thing? And then, you know, quickly realized it was not because there's a lot of infidelities. You see people getting in there and they're like, 
their significant other isn't doing it or their husband does something else or doesn't come to the gym. Yeah. And then they're hanging out with this sweaty guy with his shirt off every night after work. Yeah. And, and while their fat fuck of a husband's <laughs> on the couch eating potato chips. Yeah. You see it all the time. There's it's rampant in CrossFit, but, um, yeah, I thought, you know, I thought there was a religious affiliation at first too, but I think that was, um, no, I don't think that that's common. So with one certification and $5,000, you can start CrossFit. Like, how common are CrossFit injuries? I mean, with people not really knowing what they're doing and overexerting themselves, like, how often is, like, is hernia cream, like, sold, like, on special, like, <laughs> some of these CrossFit gyms? Like, There is some, some incidents of injury, for sure. And that's partially uh, the methodology to blame. It's partially the individuals to blame. But there's also research out on the the likelihood of injury in CrossFit, and it's not as high as most people think. Uh, if you were to go join an a, um, adult soccer league, or if you were to start running marathons, the injury, the incidence of injury with those things is astronomically higher than CrossFit. Um, the problem with CrossFit is that, yes, you get in there and you get excited, and everybody else is throwing weight around at the same time, and music's loud, and you're like, Fuck yeah, I'm doing it. You have a hard time throttling back sometimes. And with some of the higher skill, higher level movements that demand a lot of uh, balance and agility and mobility, a lot of people don't have that and they go too hard. And uh, yeah, injuries happen. Not a lot of acute stuff. It's mostly overuse. That's where I'm, the whole cult-like mentality for me is scary because it's like that competition, that wanting to belong, the wanting to prove yourself, wanting to prove you can hang. And so you end up overexerting and doing like way more than maybe you should. So I've, that's my sketchy feelings about CrossFit. That's the hardest part of my job is getting people to take weight off the freaking bar or to scale things. So we call it, you know, scaling, you know, we, we can scale workouts three ways. We can scale the reps, we can scale the rounds, we can scale the weight four ways. We can scale the movements. Um, and God, just everybody wants to do Rx, which is the way the workout is written, is as prescribed, Rx. So everybody wants to do it as prescribed because that's like your benchmark. That means you're badass. You did it, you know. 75% of people should not be doing it that way. Like they should be scaling it in some right. way for them to make it appropriate for them. You know, I run marathons. You wouldn't want to come outside with me and go try and run a marathon with me right now. You would, you would scale and you would know that. You would be like, okay, yeah, I know that I'm not ready for a marathon. I'm going to run two miles. You know, but for some reason in CrossFit, there's that group atmosphere. People get fired up and you're like, I can do it. And you can't. A concern for me with CrossFit was, like you said, there's a lot of weight getting thrown around. I don't know how to do a snatch. So, uh, <laughs> I know how to do a snatch. I can teach you how to do a snatch. If, uh, <laughs> Trump talked about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, uh, if I walk in there and my trainer, or my coach, my coach doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, how well, how well prepared are my coaches when I walk in there? Like, can I trust that they know what the heck they're telling me to do and how to do it the right way? That's going to be on the affiliate owner to hire and have well-trained coaches. Um, good gyms require people to take an on-ramp class. Sometimes that's not economically feasible for the affiliate owner, you know, you might have one or two people who are joining at a time and it's like, oh, I can't really run. I can't justify having a person here to run this one person through two weeks of classes to get them ready to join the group. 
um, a lot of times that's the trouble. And so they'll be like, oh, we'll just get you in there. We'll get you with a PVC pipe or an empty barbell um, and we'll get you through the workouts. And that's really not ideal. Um, the the very, early, very early stages, yeah, it's tough. Um, that's a tough thing to, to navigate. And that's, that's the main thing that people need to know if they're thinking about doing it is like, just take it slow. Like you're, you're here for fitness, for, for your life, for wellness, for your life. Um, you got a long time to figure it out. Don't try and, you know, don't try and break any records or anything. You're not going to, but yeah, that is, that's on the, that's on the owners. That's on the coaches. It seems like CrossFit should be taking some responsibility with just one certification and $5,000. It seems like whoever the owner of CrossFit really is more concerned about the money than they are about anything else, you know, and it's just like, get him out there, get the name out there. Like, who cares? Like, you know, what happened, what happened, what happens next? My hands are washed. You know, it's on you, you guys to figure it out. Yeah. It's a crazy business model, man. And there's a lot, they have brilliant lawyers. They have um, like a team of lawyers, but the way that they do things, it is set up for them to maximize their money and minimize their responsibility. Um, CrossFit incorporated that is. And, uh, it's brilliant. I mean, they are making a killing that certification that I was telling you about the cost that certification alone costs a thousand dollars to get. You do it over a weekend. Um, they certify like, I don't know, 5,000 people a weekend, like an insane amount of people. So how do you trust where to go find a good gym? Like how do, how do you trust which CrossFit is going to be the right one? That's not going to like go and you're going to end up hurting yourself within like the first three days of joining. I think that comes back to a little bit of responsibility on the person who's shopping for the gym. Like if you're getting a bad vibe or if you feel like the people don't know what they're talking about, maybe look somewhere else, but it's, if Do you, they have Yelp reviews for, uh, for gyms. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. So There's no, no, no noobs allowed then in CrossFit. <laughs> I was actually going to ask that. What if like somebody like me, who's not, you know, I'm not massive. I'm not, you know, scrawny. I don't have any like real muscles. I'm just kind of like your normal dude. And I want to go to CrossFit to start maybe getting some muscles and, and, you know, maybe some upper body strength, whatever. Um, and I, I walk into the gym. Am I just completely intimidated by all these massive men or am I like welcomed? Like, Hey dude, come on over here. We'll show you some stuff. Like, massive how, how men and women. Come on. Sexist. Oh, dude. Well, apologize. Every, That'd be every the only reason I've... I would go to the gym. I'll be honest. <laughs> every gym that I've been in has been super hospitable. Like you walk in and people like people walk up to you and they don't even know you're like, Hey, my name's so-and-so welcome to here. You know, and that's just regular members. That's not even the coach. Welcome to the cult. Here's right. some Kool-Aid. Here's some Nikes. <laughs> For the most part, it's, it's not as intimidating as you think. Granted, you will be intimidated by the exercise, but not by the people. Do you have to start out like going all in or can you start out small and work your way up to these crazy feats that these people do? It's highly recommended. No way, man. Go not. X. Go X, man. It's, it's highly recommended that you start small. I was mentioning earlier, there's the, as prescribed, it's RX. It's how the workout's written. So they write it for, they write it one way for men. It's got certain weight. They write it one way for women. It's got a certain weight and then you can scale it or whatever. Well, now, wait a minute. Yeah. Can't women do exactly what men can do? No. Don't try to backpedal now. You're about to get so much shit for just just now telling the truth. I'm just I'm telling you that right now, dude. I so am much shit super super women's rights. <laughs> I, no, I work for a woman because you just said a woman can't do the same thing a man can do. Uh, well, I'm not wrong. <laughs> 
I agree with you 100%. <laughs> but but the crazy culture we live in right now, there are going to be people who would be like, that sexist jerk, just for just for telling the truth. You would walk into a CrossFit gym and get your ass whooped by like 10 girls in a workout. Absolutely, I would. Um, Absolutely. But, Hands and, down. And, but it depends on the gym too. Like you at my gym, it's not particularly high level i wouldn't say we're very family oriented and we have a lot of people we have like people all the way from 16 years old to 60 and we have people who are a lot of people who are overweight a lot of people who are scaling every single workout i mean so anyways yeah i like you know we the workout's written two ways for men for women when i first started it was a struggle to do it the women's weight a lot of times i would do even less than that and then when i finally got to the women's weight i was like I'm doing pretty good. This is, this is good. It took me like six months or a year to get there, you know? Um, and then like another year or two to where I could do the men's weights. And so if you're smart, you should be scaling to your ability or you should have a coach telling you to scale to your ability. So when you started CrossFit, were you in pretty good shape or were you kind of out of shape? Like what was your shape looking no, like? No, I was, um, I guess you'd say skinny fat. I don't know. I was, I wasn't skinny. I probably weighed 165 pounds. 170 pounds and I, I worked out you? five, eight, five, nine. So regular okay. size, regular size person. Um, yeah, but not in good shape. I went to the gym. I went to the YMCA. I think that's miniature person personally, but <laughs> how about tall are you? I think it's a tall person. Oh, <laughs> six, three, but I mean, oh yeah, you're a large person. Um, yeah, no, I'd been going to the gym for a couple years and just, you know, never saw any results or anything. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I would like, I yeah. would get something out of like a men's health magazine and do it and be like, ah, right. Working. But, so that's the other thing is the CrossFit kind of took the guesswork out of it. Like you just show up every day. There's the workout. You do that. So they're, like you said, they're, they're prescribed workouts. So they're, they're workouts that you can, um, is it like on paper? Is it a video? Like, cause I remember P90X, it was all video stuff. And then after that CrossFit kind of got big. So like, what is the prescription? You, you read a piece of paper that says do three squats and two deadlifts and whatever, like, or, or, I mean, what is that? Yeah. Most gyms have uh, a software. It used to be all on whiteboards. Like that was the thing. Everybody before um, the internet was big and useful, everybody just had whiteboards and they would write the workout up and they'd write it on the whiteboard and everybody would write their name and how much weight they did or their time. And that's how you kept track. And if you wanted to keep track better, you had to bring a little notebook and that's how you did it. Um, the coach or whoever writes the workout every day. And um, that's what you do. Most gyms now have uh, management software. So it'll manage their memberships, their attendance. And that's also where they put their workouts. So I can get on an app on my phone right now, see what the workout is tomorrow. I can see how everybody did on the workout today. Um, and that's oh, wow. manages it all. That's nice. Yeah. Well, what if you don't know what they're asking you to do? Like if there's a certain slang or terminology like that they use. That's what the coach's job is. So when I walk into a class that I'm coaching, um, you know, I'm coaching the the 4:30 class on Friday night. I say, "All right, 4:30 class, everybody come up." They come up, and we have a computer screen, and I say, "Here's our workout. We're doing um, 20 minutes. It's this, 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 this." Um, and then if there's something that's not normal, I might demonstrate it. Or if there's people who are new, I might demonstrate it, and then. Um, then I'll run them through the class. And so we'll do a general warm up, and then we'll all do the movements together. And then we'll kind of get stuff out, let people do whatever else they want to do. And then we go. Well, how long would it take a guy like me to get muscles like you? <laughs> I'm not that big, dude. 
you're well, you're way bigger than I am. So like how, how, how long do I have to work out my muscles in order to get them like yours? Is this like a five year thing or can I get it done in like six months? If you dude, if your diet was good, like I'm just now starting to like get my diet, like the last couple of years, my diet has been good. Um, yeah. The first five years I was doing CrossFit, I was just like, whatever I do CrossFit, I'll eat and drink whatever I want. Um, and I wasn't seeing any results. And so you really have to, if like, if your diet was perfect, if you ate what I told you to eat in six months, you'd be, you'd look really good with your shirt off probably. Well, I, well, I think I already do, but my, my diet's good. I, I eat a ketogenic His diet. shirts off all the time in Marco. It Pablo, really is. Are you keto? <laughs> join, join our Patreon now for $1 a month to see Chris with a shirt off. Yeah, I always with my shirt off in there. Yeah, I'm on keto, man. I've been on keto since August 2017. Really? Um, yeah, and I love it. I think it's great. So is that a, a diet that you would recommend? It's not for everybody. I think it works really well for some people. They, I don't know a ton about it, and I tinkered with it a little bit. It's really great. Uh, they say for endurance athletes, uh, because mm. fat burns much more slowly and you can store far more fat in your, in your blood and in your body than you can carbohydrate. And so like, say if I go run a marathon, I got to take my little carbohydrate pouches and I got to eat, you know, five of them over a marathon, but yeah. you might be able to do it without eating anything because you are fat adapted. So your body mm-hmm. is used to using fat as fuel. Um, yeah. it's not great for high intensity exercise because you need carbohydrate uh, for high intensity exercise, you need, um, glycogen stores, which is carbohydrate in your blood. That's the form Mm. that it is in your blood is glycogen. And so, so for the intensity, you would probably recommend something like carb in, carb out. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would recommend that you at least if you were to start doing CrossFit, I wouldn't say that you like have to start eating differently. I would say before your workout, eat your carbs, like whatever carbs you're eating in the day, eat them right Mm -hmm. before and right after your workout. Yeah. How many carbs do you eat a day? Like, 40 grams. I, tr- I usually, I actually usually eat less than 20 yeah. um, a day. <laughs> I eat like 240. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to eat 240 yeah. carbs. <laughs> I do too. It's I mostly, it right it's, now. it's like vegetables and fruit. I don't eat bread yeah. or pasta or anything. Um, oh, good for you. But, good uh, for you. Yeah. I eat a lot of carbs. You've mentioned that you're a runner, right? So you do marathons. Uh, two years ago, I kind of started getting into distance running. I had been doing, I had kind of weaned off CrossFit a little bit and started doing more, uh, Olympic weightlifting, which is the snatch that, um, that you were talking about, Lena snatch and clean and jerk. And yeah, they're very, they're very perverted sounding. (laughs) Yeah. You go to a box to work out. It's real dirty at CrossFit. (laughs) At any rate, I had started doing those, um, exclusively and I was enjoying it. I was getting stronger, but I was getting injured. It was like really hard on my knees. Um, and so I had to stop doing that (laughs) and, um, started running more. Um, and so got to where I enjoyed running and I found that I kind of had a knack for it. So I did a couple, like I did a half marathon and I did like a couple of longer trail races. And then last year I got, um, had my best year of running and did, like I said, I qualified for the Boston marathon, um, by running us, uh, a marathon in under three hours and then, um, did a couple ultra marathons this year. How many miles? I mean, when you say marathon, how many miles? Uh, a is marathon that? is 26.2 miles. Are you that in under three hours? Under, yeah, it was <laughs> barely, it was two hours, 58 minutes and change. Wow. And then I did That's a couple impressive. of, uh, I did it my first, two ultra marathons last year. So one of them was about 30 miles and one of them was about 43. Those kind of suck, but, <laughs> uh, sir, just 
walking to the grocery, I mean, going anywhere for me is a big deal. <laughs> Sometimes I don't go to the car. The trash sits there for days because I don't want to walk it out to the dumpster. Okay, You're you got a you miles. got a pedometer. You, maybe a pedometer would keep you uh, keep you honest. He's got one on his iPhone. Yeah, you've got a uh, we've got a guy named Chad that comes on the podcast every now and again who's uh, also really into running. I know, fucking Chad, man. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Meredith and I'm part of the Fade to Gray Patreon and I've got some great news for you. Are you paying too much for your auto, home, life, or small business insurance without having your own agent you can trust to advise you correctly? Insurance agent Chad Johnson has multiple companies to offer these products and is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and Iowa. Call or text message him at 417-421-421. 2925 for a no obligation quote on any of your insurance needs. Again, that's call or text message 417-421-2925. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see you two run against each other because uh, he's, he. I don't know, he's known for running all these. He runs like every day. Run, this though. guy's running every morning. Well, it's really yeah, funny because I told him that you ran marathons. He's like, oh, well, he probably doesn't run like I run. You know, I won't be impressed unless he's run like 30 mm. or something. And I was yeah, like, I you have. He, I've done 30 think, a couple times. I think he did Boston. I think he, you know, he's like, oh, I might change things. Any type of marathon for me is impressive. I, I certainly couldn't do that. And I know Seth, you know, he's got weak knees from always being on them. So he certainly <laughs> couldn't do it either. <laughs> the gay jokes, they never <laughs> end. They never end. <laughs> So, yeah, people are people are always really impressed with marathons, and it's like, I don't know. I just I believe in doing things that challenge you, you know, no matter what it is. So I don't I don't think that people need to do CrossFit. I don't think they need to run marathons, but you need to do things that you're scared of and things that are hard for you. And so, whatever that thing is, um, I encourage people to do that. So, is CrossFit hard and scary? Yeah, I there are still days when I walk in the gym and I'm like, I this workout is gonna hurt, and I don't want to do it. Yeah. You just once that are we still making gay jokes? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Oh man. <laughs> so well, Jacob, uh, where can people follow you at if they're interested in learning more about CrossFit or learning more about you? Where can people follow you? Yeah, I don't really have a lot of like I have an Instagram, I guess, and a and a um, Twitter, and they're both both my handles for that are uh, jshow eighty five j s h o w eight five. Other than that, I, I mean, I don't like sell any, I don't sell a product or, or anything or have a clothing line, but um, I'm certainly available if, if people have like questions or, you know, wanted advice or something. I'm happy to do that. Well, ladies, he's certainly not bad on the eyes. So you're going to want to go and follow him. Uh, guys too. I, I need to be more inclusive. That's what I've learned on this episode yes, today definitely. for sure. <laughs> so Jacob, man, I know I was making a lot of jokes, but man, it was really great talking to you. You seem like a really level-headed guy. Like honestly, you had really level-head responses to all the questions that I had. And I mean, even though you know CrossFit definitely sounds scary to me just because their business model. But um, if there's more trainers like you out there, then I would say I encourage people to find them. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, and uh, I, I agree. I think you're right. So you know, and it's not for everybody, but. Uh, if you think it's for you, find the right find the right coach, find the right gym, and uh, I think you'll be happy. I loved him from the minute he said that God doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's been an awkward uh, interview as far as that's concerned because it's like also Chris like dropping the whole abortion thing earlier. So 
for, for the record, it was I, th- funny. I think I think God makes sense, and I I nope. don't like I don't like killing anything. So <laughs> me neither. <laughs> me neither, man. <laughs> Jacob, thanks for coming on, home. You bet, man. Hey, I'm Marco Polo, and we'll talk to you. Cool. Nice Sounds to good. meet you. You too. Thanks, dude. All right. Have a good night, guys. I like him. Yeah, he's way cool. Yeah. If we ever need to replace Seth, you know, we know where to go. <laughs> <laughs>